Hello, beautiful people, and welcome to this week's episode of Be You with Declan Edwards. I'm your host, Declan Edwards, no surprises there. And as always, I'm so excited that you're here investing your time into yourself, your fulfillment, and your well being by learning from this podcast. We've got a great one for you today. On this week's episode, I'm going to open up more about my past struggles with body image and with disordered eating. I'm also going to talk a lot about the biggest concern I have when it comes to Easter and other big family-focused holidays. Because there's one thing that I see happening on social media every Easter, every Christmas, every big holiday that I think is causing a lot of problems in the world and really contributing to people struggling with body image struggles, uh, low self-confidence and self-esteem, and a bad relationship with food. So if you're someone who's consistently yo-yo dieting, if you're someone who feels guilty when they have chocolate with their family at Easter, if you're someone who has a poor relationship with their body and can't stand to look at themselves in the mirror, this is the episode for you. It's going to reveal a lot about my previous struggles with that and how I personally overcame them, as well as how you can learn to have a better relationship with yourself, with your body, and with food as a whole. It's it's an amazing thing to learn to appreciate and love food for more than just nutrients. So with all that said, let's jump straight into this week's episode and give you the valuable life-changing content that you're here for. Allow me to set the scene for you. It's the morning after Easter, and you've woken up, and you're sitting outside with the family enjoying a coffee and breakfast, and you think back over the last few days, you know, we've had this beautiful long weekend away from work, we've met up with family, we've enjoyed that time, and we've probably eaten more than our fair share of food and of chocolate, at least I know that I have. So my question is, how do you feel in that moment? As you look back over the last couple of days, what are you focusing on? Are you focusing on the time spent with family, on the fun, on the memories created, on the connection that you got to enjoy over the last few days? Are you focusing on the time off work? Are you filling yourself with gratitude for that? Or are you one of the many, many, many people who look back on their long weekend and feel guilt? They feel shame. They feel frustrated and angry with themselves. And they're telling themselves stories like, I wasn't motivated enough, I wasn't disciplined enough, I let myself go, I shouldn't have eaten that much chocolate, I'm a failure. Are you looking at all of the things that happened regarding the food you consumed over the weekend and blaming yourself and getting angry at yourself about it? Now, if that is the case, I want to be upfront with you and tell you that for most of my life, I was in the same boat. And in a moment, I'm going to really get into that and share with you a lot of my my personal story about why I was in that position and why I felt the same. But these days, it's so much harder for people to break that that cycle of poor self-esteem, of self-sabotage, of negative body image, because it's being promoted left, right and center. I mean, I jumped on social media this morning And it was all too easy to see a thousand different posts saying, you know, for every chocolate Easter egg you ate, this is how many burpees you have to do to work it off. Or if you had this with the family, then you have to do this amount of hours on the treadmill. Or 
if you had a, a you know second helping at lunch when you were with your family because you really enjoyed the meal that your family cooked well you need to hit the gym twice as hard today probably do two sessions to work it off and i'm going to start this episode by saying something so important you are not an animal you do not have to perform tricks to earn your treats you don't have to feel guilty when you enjoy food you don't have to feel shameful or like a disappointment or a failure when you enjoy quality time with your family on a long weekend, especially on a holiday. But I know that that's the reality for so many people. And as I said, that was where I'd spent most of my life up until only a few years ago. And to be honest, there are still times when I struggle with it. It's not like I'm magically, you know, on this other side where I always love my body and always have a great relationship with food. No, it's a learning process. It's, it's an ongoing growth and journey for myself. And my goal with this week's episode is to let you in on that and allow you to see the stages that it took for me to go through to be able to go from absolutely hating my body and having a terrible relationship with food to the point of an eating disorder to now being able to genuinely love and appreciate myself and who I am, love and appreciate my body and have an amazing relationship with food where I'm grateful for it for more than just nutrients. It's, it's worth so much more than that now. So as I said, if you're someone who's waking up today, the morning after Easter, and you're feeling terrible, you're feeling guilty, you're angry with yourself, you're frustrated, you're disappointed, you know, those, those self-sabotaging thoughts are coming into your head of, you know, you're too fat to eat that chocolate, what's wrong with you? Like, you'll never be skinny or loved or happy, you'll never be enough if you don't lose weight. Please, please, please take some time today to invest in yourself and listen to this whole episode because it is going to change your life. Let's take a trip back in time together and rewind the clock a few years. Let's go back to when I was 18. Now at 18, I was reaching my heaviest and I'd always been an overweight kid. I'd always, you know, been a little bit on the larger side But at 18, I was about to crack 100 kilos. And for me, it was the wake-up call I needed that I was damaging my body. I I wasn't looking after myself. I definitely wasn't healthy. And at the time, I, I realized I wasn't happy either. See, I'd spent most of my life feeling absolutely ashamed and disgusted in who I was. I was the kid who would fake sick every time there was a swimming carnival because he didn't want to take his shirt off in public. I never went to the beach, even though... My dad was an avid surfer. I'd say that I wasn't interested in surfing when really I was just afraid to take my shirt off in public. Um, Even when I was playing basketball at a competitive level and I was, you know, a little bit fitter, if we go back even further to 15, 16 years old, I wouldn't get changed in the change rooms with people. I was just absolutely ashamed of, of my body and who I was. And that didn't happen overnight. That was a long process of being bullied and picked on in school from you know, 12 years old onwards, being teased about my weight. Um, You know, I was consistently buying into this story and telling myself that I wouldn't be enough and I wouldn't be happy and I wouldn't be loved when I looked the way that I did. And what that led to wasn't a healthy relationship with my body at all. You know, some people these days like to say on social media that you need to use that pain, that you're never going to be healthy and happy if you're the weight that you are to drive results. But I realize now that that approach only creates a worse relationship with our body. It creates people who exercise to punish their body 
rather than to nourish it. It creates people who deprive their body of food rather than give it the nutrients that it needs to truly thrive and be healthy in life, all just for the look of an image. And body image is such a huge point these days. You know, they say 96% of women in Australia struggle with body image. And as a man who's married and has a sister and a mom, like it blows my mind that that many amazing women in this country are struggling with how they look each day in the mirror. And it's, you know, also bad for men. It's starting to show now that young boys and men are rapidly becoming more and more concerned about how they look and really starting to struggle with body image and eating disorders. And that's where I found myself. So at 18 years old, I'm 99.9 kilos and I'm telling myself, this is my time where I'm going to make a change. I, I still have the photo of myself that I looked at and I went, wow, if you continue on the path you're going, you're only going to continue to get heavier and heavier and heavier. And at the time, it was all about the weight and the image. But looking back now, I also realized that I was afraid of being unhealthy. I was afraid of having a body that limited me in life. I was afraid of not being able to do the things I wanted to do because I felt weighed down by the body that I was in. And, you know, this caused so many struggles, not only at school, obviously, but in relationships as well, because my self-esteem and self-confidence was so low. Um, you know, I've reached out to other people to try and give me the love that I wasn't giving myself. And the problem is I'm seeing it so much these days on social media. You know, we mentioned before, uh, every day after Easter, you can bet your arm on it. You open up social media and there's all these fitness gurus. I think I saw Michelle Bridges yesterday put up a post that said, just bring kitchen scales to your family gathering this Easter and weigh every Easter egg. And for every 10 grams of chocolate you eat, that's one extra burpee at your next workout. And I looked at it and thought, what the fuck has the world come to? Like this is, this is a celebrity that people look up to. This is an influencer of how people perceive themselves, their health and their bodies. And she's encouraging this sort of behavior, this negative relationship with our body. And I'm so excited that there's this self-love and self-compassion movement that's really gaining traction online. But honestly, more has to be done to drive it forward um, for all ages and for all people. Because as you're about to find out in the next segment of this episode, when I was 18, I made some drastic choices that looking back now were incredibly unhealthy and, and to be honest, dangerous. And it was because I had no idea what I was doing. I had no idea how to love and appreciate my body. I had no idea how to nurture it and nourish it and give it what it needed. So I did just whatever was pushed online by all the gurus, by all the influencers, by all the people I looked up to. And it sickens me. It absolutely sickens me that those people, there's so many of them still putting out the same bullshit message of you will never be happy and you'll never love yourself until you look a certain way. And to be frank, it needs to change and it needs to change starting from home. As much as we can hope that the celebrities and the influencers and the fitness gurus of the online world change it, what we really need to start doing is teaching it to ourselves. You know, I love the saying, if you want to change the world, start by changing yourself. And I do believe that that's going to make the greatest difference in terms of a positive ripple effect. I'm quite fortunate now to coach some amazing mothers and help them learn to build their self-esteem, their self-confidence, and learn to love who they are as a whole person, you know, physically, mentally, emotionally. But the beauty of that is not only are they learning that, their kids are learning it, because kids are like sponges. And if there's any parents listening to this, I know that you, you know this is true. Kids are really good at copying what we do, not doing what we say. 
So the amazing thing is, if we can start with these changes at home, so for any mums listening, for, for, for anyone listening really struggling with self-esteem and body image issues, the change starts within you. And in this episode, I'm going to show you how I went through that change, as well as give some pointers on how you can begin to practice it yourself. But if you start with that change at home within yourself, it not only changes your life, but it positively impacts the lives of the ones that you love. It teaches them these valuable life lessons. And I think when we all rally together and get behind that, we can create an amazing movement that is going to massively change these horrible statistics that we have, like 96% of women not liking the body they're in and having struggles with body image. But that's jump forward a year now, and I'm going to share with you what happened when I made that decision at 18 years old, 99.9 kilos, that it was time for me to start losing weight. You know, I can still so clearly recall the day when I was lying in a hospital bed and the doctor came in to run more tests. I'd been there for two weeks and they'd run all these tests from appendicitis to Crohn's disease to irritable bowel syndrome. They were testing everything they could to understand why I was so sick at 19 and a half years old. And the doctor came in that day and looked me in the eyes and said, we're going to test for bowel cancer. And I remember looking over and seeing my mum burst into tears and break down. And you know, I talk a lot in this episode about wake-up moments and wake-up calls. And for me, that was my wake-up call, that the behaviours I'd taken upon myself, the activities I'd been doing, and my approach to a healthy, happy life that I'd tried to use for the last 18 months, A, they weren't working, B, they were actually hurting me, and C, they were hurting the people that I loved. You know, no one should have to sit there and, and hear that news and watch their mum break down for fear of losing her only son. But that's where I found myself. And fortunately, when they ran all the tests, it came back negative. I didn't have um, bowel, uh, bowel cancer, which is a, 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 I'm so blessed and grateful for. But you know, I always say, why did this happen for me rather than why did this happen to me? And I realize now that that had to happen to wake me up to myself. And I know you're sitting there thinking, listening to this, going, man, that's such a change in a year and a half. You know, I was just telling you about how at 18, I was 99.9 kilos and had a terrible relationship with my body and with food. I was eating so unhealthily. You know, I was, I'm, I kid you not, I was eating a bowl of just chips and cheese at lunchtime and then having a bowl of ice cream straight after it. And that was every single day. Like my diet was, was atrocious at the time. I really was using and abusing food as a way to make myself feel good because I wasn't happy in my life. And then if we fast forward only a year and a half, here I am in hospital, 19 and a half years old, sick as all hell, and I'm 66 kilos. In the space of 18 months, just under, actually, I'd lost 33 kilos. And when I tell people that, even today, when I talk about my story, people celebrate it. You know, they always associate weight loss as being such a great thing. And obviously, we've had that trained into our culture and into our society that when someone loses weight, it must be a good thing. But for me, it was a horrible thing. Because the way I went about it was so dangerous that I genuinely, I think I almost died. Like I almost killed myself. I was that sick. And I just lost hope. There was a good time there where I was in and out of hospital over six months. I was missing university and I just lost sense of who I was and really why, why I was continuing to do this. And even today, I still live with some struggles digestively of the damage I did to my digestive system. 
But how did this happen? Like, how did an 18-year-old who's 99.9 kilos make a decision that he was going to lose weight in order to be healthier and happier, which, by all logic, is a good decision, right? That's, that's, let's be real. Like, looking after your body physically is a great thing. It has amazing uh, benefits mentally, emotionally, and obviously physically as well. But how did an 18-year-old making that decision end up as a 19-and-a-half-year-old in and out of hospital at 66 kilos so sick that they were running tests on him for everything under the sun. And to put it simply, over that time, I developed a pattern of disordered eating. And the reason they, you know, we never tested for it, and I don't blame the doctors, because at the time, eating disorders and body image disorders tended to only be associated with females. You know, they weren't seeing many men struggle with it. And obviously these days there's a lot more, but I was a bit of a rarity at that time. See, I talked before about following guru's advice and following what people online were saying and looking up to them, and that's why I'm so passionate and, and to be honest, and, and Frank, pissed off about some of the stuff I saw this year from people like Michelle Bridges um, online, because at that time when I was 18, I went, I'm going to lose weight, but I had no idea how, I had no experience, I didn't know anyone who was doing it, so I turned to the people that I thought looked good online, you know, the bodybuilders, the fitness models, all these people who I now realize were only showing their best images and I was comparing, you know, my whole life to them. It's like saying, let's compare our back end reel to the highlights of a movie. And that's exactly what I was doing. I was comparing myself to them every day. Every time I went on social media, I was comparing, why can't I look like him? Why doesn't my stomach look like his? Why don't my arms look like his? You know, and they always presented themselves looking so happy and successful and I bought into it. So over the next 18 months... I developed a terrible relationship with food to the point where I would weigh absolutely everything I ate. I would only eat plain chicken, rice and broccoli. I had no variation in my meals. I I see now that I was missing a lot of nutrients and that's how I ended up so sick. I was training two, maybe three times a day. It became an obsession. I'd feel terrible about myself if I didn't exercise let alone if I treated myself and had a dessert one day. It got to the point where I was avoiding going out with friends because I was afraid I would have to eat whatever the restaurant was serving. So I would only eat at home and then I'd make an excuse to not come out. So not only did these behaviours as they grew and and, and became more ingrained and more of a habit for me, at the time I thought it was the best thing in the world because every week I was losing weight and I got addicted to that chase. I got addicted to that next number. I was always saying, I'll be happy when I lose another five kilos. I'll be happy when I lose another five kilos. And I just never reached that point of happiness. And at the time, I was so young, I didn't realize it was because the method was flawed. I thought it was because I was still flawed and I wasn't trying hard enough. And this started having such a negative impact on obviously my social life. I said I wasn't going out with friends anymore. It had an impact on my family life because I wasn't having dinner with them at all. It had an impact on my relationship with myself because I just got more and more frustrated and angry with myself, especially when I wouldn't stick to my perfect diet and exercise regime. I had these expectations of how I was meant to be and how I was meant to perform. And if I fell below them at any time, I fell into a cycle of self-loathing and hatred that only magnified the issue by 10. It made it so much worse because then I'd, you know, deprive myself even more the next week or work out extra hard to try and make it up. Like I was trying to justify it. I spoke a little bit about that at the start of this episode, saying you're not an animal who has to do tricks to get treats. 
You don't have to go to the gym three times today to make up for what you did over Easter. But at the time, I was definitely the kind of person who believed that I'd, I'd bought into that. So again, if you are listening to this story, it's resonating with you. I know where you're coming from. And I know that it's a fucking hard place. So I mentioned that it's negatively impacting my social relationships at this point. It's impacting my family life, my relationship with myself. Obviously my health, I'm in and out of hospital. It's affecting my education because I'm missing university. But the one that hit home the most for me was I just started dating this amazing woman who was a dessert chef. And even now I laugh at the irony of, of, of falling in love with a dessert chef when I was struggling with body image issues and disordered eating. I think it was necessary. I think it was exactly what I needed at the time. But our relationship became, became quite strained because I would refuse to eat any of her food. Um, and, you know, she took that as me being a jerk, which I understand. But it was actually me just being afraid um, of what would happen, of what I was telling myself would happen. So I want to highlight this. And I, as I said, it's such a big jump in two segments of this podcast going, you know, I want to highlight that I was not happy and confident and thriving in life, nor was I healthy at 99.9 kilos at 18 years old. But I also wasn't healthy and happy and thriving at 66 kilos at 19 and a half years old. So if you're telling yourself that you'll be happy when you lose another five kilos, if you're telling yourself you'll be happy when you look a certain way or you fit into a certain dress, please, please, please learn from my story and recognize that that that, that approach to life doesn't work. Happiness has to be developed within us where we are now exactly as we are. The beauty of life is learning to love and appreciate ourselves exactly as we are whilst still having goals to pursue. You know, I'm not saying just let yourself go and never look after your body. No, it's necessary to look after your physical health. It is so important to everything in life. I'm saying that's come at it from a place of I'm doing this because I love my body and I want to look after it. Not because I hate my body and I want to punish it. Let's jump back to today, shall we? So I'm now 24 years old. and <laughs> The only reason I can tell you what I weigh is because earlier this week, I went to donate blood and had to weigh myself. And I can tell you now that I'm 90 kilos. But the reason I say the only reason I can tell you that is because it genuinely doesn't matter to me anymore. You know, I don't remember the last time I weighed myself before that because it's not what I focus on. I'm so much healthier and happier now. And yes, I exercise four times a week on average. And I do it because I love it, not to punish my body. You know, I enjoy a very healthy diet at home and have an amazing um, time cooking new healthy meals and exploring food for all of its worth with my amazing wife, who is actually the dessert chef who I mentioned in the previous section. Um, yeah, she actually managed to stay with me for long enough and then uh, say yes when I proposed to her. So we're very happily married now. And I still treat myself. You know, I'll have days off the gym. I'll definitely eat more food than necessary and treat myself to some extra chocolates, especially over the Easter that's just been gone. But I don't mind anymore. In fact, I enjoy it. I've got a very healthy relationship with exercise and food and my body now so how did I get here how did I end up going from hating my body so much and depriving myself of food and being in and out of hospital with disordered eating and punishing my body through exercise to now loving my body doing exercise because I enjoy it 
and enjoying food for more than just its nutritional value. Well, you may have noticed it took a bit longer than the first change. You know, the first change all happened within 18 months. I lost 33 kilos and ended up even more unhealthy than I was before. And this change has taken me years. To be honest, as I said at the start, there are still moments and still days where the old thoughts pop into my head. You know, it only takes one look a certain way or maybe I catch myself in the mirror at a certain angle or, you know, I, I have someone say, are you sure you should be eating that? Aren't you trying to lose weight? Or if I catch up with someone who hasn't seen me for a few years and they say, oh, marriage has been good to you. You've put on a bit of weight. It only takes, you know, something like that And for a split second, I buy into it. For a split second, I believe it. And that's where I feel myself starting to go into those old habits and patterns. But that's the key. It's about believing it and buying into it. You know, the freedom in life doesn't come from never having a negative thought. It doesn't come from never doubting yourself. The freedom comes from when those moments happen, how quickly can you become aware of them, understand them, accept them and then move the fuck on you know it only hurts when we buy into it and believe it so as the first step that i can recommend for everyone listening when you go back to work this week i can almost guarantee there's going to be someone who looks at you a certain way or asks how your easter was or maybe they'll even make a snide comment like oh you know how much exercise you're going to have to do to work off all those chocolate eggs No, let that happen. You can't change that. If we go around our whole life trying to change everyone around us, A, we're going to get very exhausted, and B, we're not going to get very far. What's more important is changing whether we believe the story and we buy into it and start telling ourselves, or whether we just go, okay, you know, I hear that's true for you, but it doesn't have to be true for me. How other people treat their bodies and perceive themselves doesn't have to be how you treat your body and perceive yourself. So how did I make that change though? Yes, it's taken a lot longer and yes, it's still an ongoing journey. But what actually made the difference? I have people ask me all the time, what was the one thing that made the most difference? And for years, I couldn't answer you. It's only been over the last few years of being a coach and understanding human behavior and psychology and what makes people tick that I can give an answer to this question. You know, I'm fortunate enough now to be coaching amazing people in how to learn to love themselves and develop authentic self-confidence in who they are so that they can go out and thrive in life and live a life of confidence and of purpose. I've started to notice a commonality between the people that I coach and my own personal story. And that commonality is a struggle with self-esteem or self-confidence, whatever you want to call it. See, what I notice is the people who struggle the most with yo-yo dieting, with struggling to go to the gym or with a poor relationship with the gym, with really hating their body and feeling guilty when they treat themselves, linking back to this whole topic of talking about what's going on around Easter at the moment, are the people who struggle with self-esteem. You know, they're traditionally not confident in who they are. They, they really doubt themselves, not just physically, but in other areas too. But the thing is that the physical body, how you look and what you do with it, is the most mass marketed one. So it's also the easiest to dive into and change. You know, it's a lot easier to sign up for a gym membership and start thrashing your body there or to sign up to some crazy diet you saw online and start depriving yourself of food than it is to actually look within and go, well, what's causing this? And the problem with that is it means people are treating 
the symptom, not the root cause. And that's why diets don't work long term. It's why exercise, a lot of people fail on their exercise routines and burn out. It's because it wasn't coming from a place of love and authenticity. As we spoke about, it's the difference between exercising and eating well because you love your body and you want to look after it compared to doing it so that one day you might love it is insane. Like the, the results are incredible. And that change comes from within. That change comes from learning how to build your self-esteem and your self-confidence. And I know for me, the best thing I ever did and the hardest thing I ever did was reach out and ask for help and begin working with coaches who could help me increase my emotional intelligence and actually understand what was going on for me inside my mind and inside my body that were leading to these behaviors. Now, I'll stress it again, your solution isn't the next fad diet, nor is it the next sexy exercise routine or five-week summer body bikini shred or whatever's being marketed these days. Because that's just feeding the habit of I'll be happy when or I'll love myself when. And think back in your own life. I know there's times where you've said I'll be happy when I change jobs. You change jobs, you're happy for what? Five minutes? And then there's a new goal, a new thing that you want. And for me, I lived that, they call it the hedonic treadmill. I lived on that treadmill for years. I'll be happy when I lose five kilos. I lost it. Then it was, I'll be happy when I lose another five kilos. And then it got to the point where I was, I'll be happy when I gain more muscle. Or when I lose body fat. I'll be happy when I go to the gym more often. And we're just feeling this, I'll be happy when. And the change doesn't work long term. It's the equivalent. Remember we mentioned this is the same as treating the symptom, not the cause. It's the equivalent of seeing a weed in your garden going, oh, I want to remove that. So you get a pair of scissors, cut the top off and put dirt over the root system. What's going to happen in a few months time? Well, of course, the weed's going to grow back. And that's what we see. People just make these surface level changes and then they're surprised when it doesn't work long term. And three months later, they're back where they started. But then it becomes even worse and they get stuck in an even more negative cycle because they don't blame the diet they don't blame the methodology they don't blame the approach we blame ourselves now it's unfortunately for a lot of people common nature to attribute our successes to other people oh no you know the only reason i'm doing better and i'm healthier at the moment is because of my pt he really looked after me but we take full ownership and blame for when things don't go our way like, oh, no, like that, that diet should have worked. I saw it work for someone online. The problem is me. I'm not motivated enough. I'm not disciplined enough. It's my fault. And what does that then create? More self-loathing, more self-hate, more struggles with self-esteem. And it just goes on and on. It becomes harder to break. I'm saying it's impossible to break. As I said, you know, I, I managed to get the right help from the right people to overcome it myself. And now I'm able to help a lot of people do the same. But it does become a learnt behavior. And the brain starts to do it more and more easily. So the key, the one thing that's going to make the difference is learning to love yourself and be confident exactly as you are. And I know that's so much easier said than done. Trust me, I know that. That's why I specialize in using cutting edge techniques from positive psychology, NLT, NLP, uh, cognitive behavioral therapy to help people learn to do that. Help people learn to increase their emotional intelligence, love and appreciate who they are and be genuinely confident in who they are so that they can live a life of purpose and thriving as they are and then still achieve goals, still make change, still look after their bodies. It's the most beautiful change we can have. But if you're listening and you've really resonated with this story today and you go, man, I'm so sick of being stuck in that cycle 
of being stuck in yo-yo dieting in the new fat exercise regime that doesn't work and then I get angry with myself and then I binge eat or you know, avoid eating at all to try and make it up or I slam myself at the gym to, be, to punish my body. If you're sick of not loving who you are, if you're sick of not being confident in the amazing person that you are, please, please, please start working on what's within Start working on your self-esteem, your self-confidence and your emotional intelligence and start making the change from root level rather than just cutting the top of the weed and putting dirt over the top. It's a temporary fix that's not going to work. As I said, I don't mind if you do that with us. Obviously, you know, my team and I are experts at this and we're experts at emotional intelligence and human behavior. But I don't mind if it's with us or with someone else. All I care about is that you change this pattern now. Because when I look back on my life story, when I tell you these stories, when I look at some of the hardest times I went through, I'm not angry about them. I'm not upset. In fact, I'm so grateful for them. I'm grateful for them because by me going through that, I fell in love with understanding human behavior. I fell in love with understanding emotional intelligence, with understanding how people could love themselves and be confident as they are. And learning all of that, going to study that and using my personal story and personal experience of going through it myself has allowed me to help so many more people than I ever would have thought possible. My team and I are so fortunate to coach people from all around the world. So I'm so grateful that by me going through those hard times, I'm able to help people not have to go through it themselves. I'm able to help people move out of that and step into that life of confidence, purpose and thriving that we all desire and deserve to live. So as I said, if you've listened to this episode and it's resonated with you, please, 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 The first big change, the first big step is stop thinking that the change is going to come from the gym or from from food. It's going to come from within. It's going to come from your psychology and your emotional associations with the gym and with food. And most importantly, it's going to come with your from changing your relationship with yourself and your body. Now, if you're a regular listener of our podcast or you've been interacting with us online through our social media channels or you're even part of our BU crew email subscribers, you will know that we have a saying here at BU, knowledge alone is worthless. Knowledge that applied through action is what will change your life. So we've talked a lot on this week's podcast about some pretty deep topics and some pretty important ones. I I hope that you can see and understand and appreciate the value of what we've spent today speaking about because I know it changed my life for the better and I know it's changing other people's lives for the better with the people that I coach. And I hope that you can take one thing away from this week's episode that changes your life as well. And to help you with that, I'm going to summarize the three main takeaway points from this episode. And I'm going to put out a challenge to you to go and apply at least one of them through action. So the first takeaway point is that you don't have to feel guilty or ashamed for enjoying holiday time with your family and enjoying food over this Easter break. Rather than focusing on all the expectations that we have for ourselves and going, oh, I should have done this or I could have done this or, you know, I'm a failure. Let's focus on what we can appreciate and be grateful for. Because science has shown that gratitude and stress can't coexist. You can't do both at the same time. So my challenge to you is something, what can I be immensely grateful for over the last couple of days? Rather than focusing on the food or, you know, on on how you feel about eating all the chocolate, let's focus on what we can be grateful for. Time with family, time with friends, time off work, 
you know, whatever it may be, what are you immensely grateful for? That in itself is a very useful immediate change. The second key takeaway point is that happiness and a healthy, fulfilling, thriving lifestyle does not come from losing weight or gaining weight. You know, even when I was really fit, and I look back on photos now and I had a six pack and, you know, I looked the whole works before I got really ill and got really way too thin, I didn't see it. I didn't appreciate it. I wasn't able to. Look back on it now and I go, how did I notice that? It's because at the time, whenever I looked in the mirror, all I saw were the things that I still didn't like. I'd poke and pull at little bits on my tummy that I thought still weren't lean enough yet. I'd analyze my arms and say they weren't muscly enough yet. You know, so to flip it, rather than focusing on what you don't like about your body, let's start cultivating some self-love and appreciation by finding one thing a day that you can appreciate about yourself. Physically, as well as mentally and emotionally. It can't just be personality. We have to learn to appreciate our body. And I know that was one of the hardest things for me to do. But when we can start doing that, we realize that happiness healthy, thriving, fulfilled lifestyles don't come from losing weight or gaining weight. They don't even come from going to the gym and exercising or from eating certain diets. They start within us. They start psychologically and emotionally within our ability to appreciate and love ourselves. And the third point is to continue exploring that. Start questioning and asking yourself the bigger questions. You know, we like to say great questions get great answers and great answers get great results. Start asking yourself the hard questions. I know they're uncomfortable. Trust me, I was there. That's why I recommend working with coaches because then you've got someone to support you and and guide you through it and be in your corner as well as to point out blind spots, things that you may have not yet seen within yourself and your psychology. Trust me, I know I'm biased because I'm a coach, but working with a coach was the best thing I ever did in my life and it's why I still have coaches today. But start asking yourself the bigger questions of how do I feel about my body? How do I feel about myself? One of the hardest things you can do, but if you're, if you're brave and game, I recommend doing it. You know, one of my first coaches said to me, I want you to stand in front of a mirror completely naked for two minutes and see what thoughts come up and see how you feel. And the first time I did it, I broke down. I was in absolute tears. I couldn't think of one nice thing about myself. And these days when I do the same, yes, I still have some thoughts pop up in my head like, oh, you've gained a bit of weight there or you've lost a bit of muscle there or whatever. But so quickly after, I get the thoughts of, mate, you are thriving, you are fulfilled, you are happy, you are successful, you are making a positive impact on the world, you know, and you look great, you're healthy, you're fit for your age, you're doing really well. So as I said, the freedom doesn't come from never having the negative thoughts, never struggling with body image, it comes from how quickly can you overcome it. And that, that is a skill. It is a skill that is only developed through the right guidance, the right training, and the right techniques being practiced time and time again. It is self-confidence is not something you were born with. It is a skill that is learnt and developed over time. And trust me, this is coming from a guy who was not confident at all for most of his life. And now is. Now helps people do the same. So as that third major takeaway from point from today, practice the skill of self-confidence. Ask yourself the bigger questions. Realize how you feel about yourself and start making change there. Now, if you're someone who knows that the quickest and most effective way to do that and the most holistic way to do it long term so it's not just a short-term change is to work with someone if you know that going to a great doctor gets you better results if you know that working with a great pt gets you better results if you know that working with a great dietitian gets you better results you will understand when i say that working with a great confidence and purpose coach is going to get you better results that last longer and as i've mentioned multiple times in this week's episode that is exactly what my team and i do 
And because I'm so passionate about what we've spoken about in today's episode, obviously I shared a lot of my personal life story with you today. And I hope you can hear the emotion in this and know that this is something that I live and breathe. This is what I live for. Because of that, and because I know that there are people listening to that podcast today, listening to this going, holy shit, I need to make those changes within myself and my life, but you have no idea where to start. Because of that, I'm going to offer you the chance to have a complimentary consultation call with myself or any member of my team so that we can begin putting together a tailored plan, no obligations, nothing at all, just a chance to chat, see where you're at, connect, get to know each other. And just help provide that tailored insight to how you can begin moving forward in life, learning how to love yourself and your body, and learning how to develop the skill of authentic self-confidence. Now, to claim that complimentary consultation, all you have to do is email grow, that is G-R-O-W, at B-U, just the letters B-U, coaching.org. And in the email, put your name Put your best contact number, your best email address in case we can't get through with a contact number and mention this podcast as why you're there. Just so then my team, when we look at it, we know that you're someone who's interested in that complimentary consultation because you know that this is the moment that's going to change your life forever. Me sitting down and working with my first coach honestly changed the path of my life forever and it's one of the best things I ever did and also one of the hardest decisions I ever made. So please, if you're listening and you go, yep, that might be for me. Be bold, be brave, take action on it, and we'll book in that complimentary consultation call as quick as we can so that we can help you begin growing and thriving and living a life of confidence and purpose, the life that you desire and the life that you deserve. But until then, thank you once again for investing in yourself and spending time listening to this podcast. I know it's making the world a difference to people out there, and that makes the world a difference to me. That's why I live and breathe each day. So as always... Be empowered, be exceptional, be you.